All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to go uh, a few verses here, starting from verse 12 all the way down to uh, verse 17. So Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 12 all the way through uh, verse 17. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this for you guys, and then I'm going to unpack a little bit about what this, uh, these verses uh, mean to us. So Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 12, says this. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing, okay? Do everything without complaining and arguing. Everything. Like all the things that you do, those things that you do, do all of them without complaining and without arguing. Okay, I'm going keep, gonna to keep going. Just want to make sure you heard that part. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Okay, verse 14, I'm going to read that again. Uh, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share in that joy. So some of you guys are familiar with, uh, with the letter that Paul wrote uh, to uh, the church in Philippi. We've talked about this before. Philippi was a, a Roman colony that was uh, filled with a lot of retired soldiers, so they were really patriots there. And one of, the, uh, one of the problems that they had in following Jesus was that they had to pledge allegiance and make Jesus their king, which meant walking away from their allegiance to the Roman Empire. So uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to this church that he started, and it's, uh, he's writing it from prison, and he sends this letter through um, a messenger that we talked about a little bit, a few months ago, we were talking about this, and uh, he brings this gift to Paul, and then he's writing this letter back to, um, to the Philippians, and it's a thank you letter. So he's, he's saying, thank you for the gift that you uh, sent me, and this is a letter that's basically encouraging them to live in humility, to live in unity, to live in selflessness, to live in imitation uh, of Christ. And so this message that I'm going to share with you today is a standalone message. It's not part of a, of a bigger series, but I want to encourage you to come back next Sunday because next Sunday we are starting a brand new series on Jonah, on Jonah. And this message, man, I am so excited about this because this is a, this is a message, this is a sermon series that uh, I've titled Running From God. Running from God. And here's the thing, man. I truly believe, truly, truly believe that every single one of you here has a God-given potential. But the problem is, I think that some of us, and perhaps many of us, are running from God. There's something that God wants to do through you, that he wants to do specifically through you with the gifts and talents that he has given you. But we constantly run from God. And the result of that is that we live lives that aren't up to the full potential of what God could do through us. So that's starting next week. I want to encourage you to be here. I promise you, you're going to be, you're going to be blessed. But today, I want to talk about a message. And I've titled this message, Shining Like Stars. Shining Like Stars. Um, and I want to set it up like this. I don't know if I've shared this uh, with you before. But uh, 
A few years back, I went on a mission trip to Samoa, the beautiful, beautiful island of Samoa. We went there, and we, uh, we did a mission trip there, and we spent uh, like a whole week there. Maybe it was 10 days, but we were in the beautiful island of Samoa. It was a great, a great time. And one of the things that people kept telling me is when you go to Samoa, man, you can't miss the starlights uh, when it gets dark, you need to look up at the stars, and you're going to be amazed. And so we went on the, on the mission trip to Samoa, and I kind of forgot about it, you know, day one, day two, day three. By day five, you know, we would do a VBS in the morning, and then in the afternoon, we would do a sports camp. And by day five, you're pretty tired. Like, if you've been on a mission trip, you know, by day five, you're, like, pretty exhausted. And, and again, I had kind of forgotten about what people had told me about the stars at night. But on day five, I remember the whole team, we just laid out on this field. And it was dark, and we looked up at the stars, and I, I have no words to describe what I saw. Maybe you've experienced this before, but there's, a, there's an image that I tried. I found this on the internet. I think we have it there, and it's a starry, it's a starry night. That's, that's not, that's, it's not like I took a picture of it, and that's the picture, but I tried to find the thing that would be the most close, and I saw that, and I have trouble describing what I saw because you need to experience it. The stars were so bright. There was so much detail. These stars seemed to be, seemed to be closer than they ever had been before. It was so clear. Like, it was amazing. I had never seen anything like that. I got overwhelmed. I got emotional and thinking also about the fact that we are in the middle of this universe. Like, when I think, and I, it, was a, it was an overwhelming thought, like thinking about, about the earth being hurled around space at 66,000 miles per hour, and I'm like, what is this place? It was an overwhelming, overwhelming thought. And another thought that I had also is that, is that the stars have always been there. I just hadn't really noticed them before. You know, because in California, there's so much light pollution that you look up at the sky and like, oh yeah, there seems to be like a little bit of stars there, but you can't, you can't, really, you can't really see them. But when I saw those stars, it was almost like I was wearing foggy glasses and I took those glasses off and all of a sudden I was seeing something that I had never, never seen before. You see, what Paul is writing to his church, is he, he's, he's telling them this. He says, he's explaining to them, he says, you guys are living in a dark world. You guys are living in a world that is full of perverse and crooked people. He's telling them that. He's, Paul is writing, he says, I know the type of world that you're living in. I know you look around and everything seems to be, to be very, very dark around you right now. And I don't know about you guys, but like, do you guys feel that? Like today, in our world today, you look around and it just seems like there's just darkness everywhere. You know, you look around and you're, you're thinking, man, what's going on in this place? You know, a few weeks back, you guys heard about the, the shooting in Downey. Like four people got shot right, right like two blocks away from here. Like what's going on? Downey used to be really safe. The week before that, I heard about people running out of the, of the in and out and found out later that someone had pulled a gun inside of the restaurant. And then you look around and you think, man, what's going on around us? Like you look around and you, and you think about the politics right now. You think about the perverse morality around us. You think about the, the violence and you just have to say, you have to admit, there's just so much darkness around us today. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't, I don't know how that makes you feel. I don't know if it makes you, like, it makes me sad. It makes me, like depressed maybe, maybe you get anxiety, you look around and you think, man, what's going on? I mean, do you guys sense this? 
Maybe you sense this in your relationships. Maybe you sense it at work. Maybe as you're watching TV and social media, politics, there's this business corruption going on everywhere. You know, we, we live in a dark world right now. And this can be very discouraging. See, so what was true for Philippi is also true for us today. So the Apostle Paul has a lot to say to us too. Maybe that's how you feel today. You feel, you feel discouraged. But what I want to do this morning is give you some hope. I want to give you some hope. You see, you see because, because the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to this church, he's saying, yes, there is darkness in this world right now. Like you look around and I know, I know it's very dark. But the Apostle Paul has a completely different angle. You see, he doesn't want them to be discouraged. He doesn't want them to be sad. He doesn't want them to feel anxiety. He wants them to see it from a totally different perspective. And what he's saying is this, he's like, I know it's dark, but this darkness that you see is actually an opportunity. And this opportunity is to be able to shine like you've never shined your light before. In this dark world, you and I, we have a unique opportunity to be able to shine like nothing else. Okay, let me show you something. I don't know if these examples are going to work or not, but you guys all have your smartphones. And you see that light right there? That's pretty impressive, right? No, right? It's like, okay, it's not impressive. Like, we, got, we all have this on our phones. Like, I'm not impressed, Pastor Josh, with your iPhone 10, something like that. <laughs> right? So it's just a light. It's just a light. You know, but if we had the ability to just black out all the lights here, like it was completely, completely dark, and none of you guys had lights on your phones. Nobody had a flashlight. There was nowhere to get out. Like, it was completely dark in here. All of a sudden, this light would become very, very useful. Like you guys would depend on this light to be able to get out of this place, to be able to move around. Like you would say, hey, Pastor Josh, please, can you just, like, we'll just follow wherever you go because you're the only one that has, that has a light. You see, in this dark world, that's what it is. We have a light. We have the opportunity to shine a light in this dark world. And the darker it gets, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying, the darker it gets, the more important our message become, becomes. It is an essential message that we have to, to share with the world. And so, this is what Paul is saying. Now, you may say, okay, Pastor Josh, that's a great example. You know, yeah, shine light in the world. It's beautiful. Like, I get the metaphor. But, like, what does that mean exactly? Like, how do you and I shine our light in this world? And so, the answer is actually in the text. Verse 14 says this. We read it. I emphasized it as I was reading. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Do, every, do every, everything that you do, do those things without, without complaining and arguing. Everything that you do, do it without complaining and arguing. Do you want to stand out in the world? Do you want to shine like a bright light in this world? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to be that person that they look at and they're like, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know what's going on with her, but I like it. There's something good about them. Do you want... Do you want to be that person? If you want to be that person, you don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is stop doing two things. Stop complaining and stop arguing. It was what the Apostle Paul is saying. If you stop doing these two things, man, your light will shine so bright that no one will understand what is going on. See, in this world, everyone seems to be complaining about everything. Everyone seems to be arguing about everything. Everything. 
And I would love to say that the church is the exception. Like, I think, I think Downey First Christian Church is probably the only church in the whole world where I've never seen any complaining and I've never seen any arguing. That's a lot laughing, right? It's not true. I mean, it happens, it happens everywhere. But the reality is, is this. That we should try to picture a world in which, in which no one complains. Like, we don't, like... Like, there's the least amount of complaining and the least amount of arguing. Try to picture this with me. What would your relationships look like? What would your families look like? What, what would a church look like? Imagine the power of our message. If we, if we reduced our complaining and our arguing to the minimum, what would that look like in this world? And so, so here's, the, uh, here's the, the message today, and I, I, this is it. This is it. Like, stop complaining, number one, and stop arguing, number two. You guys good? All right, let's close in prayer. Right? Just go and do it, right? That's simple, you know? You see, the, 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 my, my temptation at this point was to just give you, to give you like three tools, like, hey, here are three ways to stop complaining, and, and here are three proven methods on, st- on stopping the arguing, but, like, but I, I, felt the, 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 I felt God just kind of leading me in a different direction the, uh, this morning, because I don't want you to walk away with a to-do list. I don't know about you, and I've, I've shared this before, but I grew up listening to sermon after sermon after sermon that was basically, here are the things that you have to do. I would hear different sermons, but the sermons were basically the same thing. It's like, here's where you're, going, here's where you're doing wrong, here's where you're, you're, you're falling short, here's where you need to be. I'm going to explain to you how to get from here to here. Now go and try to do the best that you can, and then hopefully you'll come back and you'll be a better Christian, okay? Now, there's a place for that, but I, I don't think that that's the message today because I don't want you to walk away and simply interact with people and say, oh, I think I'm complaining a little bit. Pastor Josh said I shouldn't complain, so I'm going to try to reduce it to a minimum. I don't think that's the message today. Um, I, I believe God wants me to share something different because the, the, the Bible teaches, as Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So that's what I, I want to give that to you, hopefully, hopefully today, a sense of, a sense of rest. Um, I don't want you to walk away with just another chore today. And the fact that, that I don't want you to walk away with another chore today is... is is important because that's not what the Apostle Paul wanted to do with the church either. So you go back and you look at verse 13, and it says this, and it says this. It says, very important this, it says, verse 13, is it for, listen, for God is working in you. Okay, it says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do you, do you guys catch that? So there's, there's an assumption that Paul's making. He's making an assumption. So before he goes to stop arguing and stop complaining, there's an assumption that he's making over here. And that assumption that he's making is this. God is working in you. God, God is working in you. Giving you these things. So he's working in you. And so the question I want to ask you today, this morning, you can answer that yourself, is this. Is God working in you? Is, is God, can you honestly say, can you honestly say that God is working in you? You see, for some people, it's obvious. Like, you, like you know God is working in you. You know that. It's true. Like, it's undeniable God is working in you. But for others, if you're honest with yourself, you have to admit 
Like, I don't think God has been working in me for, for a while, for a while. Because if God is working in you, the Bible tells us that two things are going to happen. Number one, he's going to give you the desire to do his will. And he's going to give you the power to do his will. Okay? So, so number one, the desire. Let's talk about the desire. He's going to give you the desire to do his will. Like, I don't know about you, but I grew up with a completely different understanding of what it meant to do God's will. Like, I never had the desire to do God's will. I felt pressured to do God's will. I was like, I'm going to do God's will because if I don't do God's will, then God's going to be mad at me and I'm going to be disobeying God. But I never felt like the desire to do the will of God. I grew up scared of God. I thought God was going to zap me. I, one, of the, one of the most frightening thoughts in my whole life was the return of Jesus. That scared me to death because I knew I had sinned. And if there was an unconfessed sin in my life, and then Jesus comes back, I'm going to spend eternity in hell. That was my understanding of the gospel. So me doing the will of God was not something that I desired to do. It was something that I felt that I had to do so that I would avoid punishment. But the Bible is telling us here that if, you're, if God is working in you, that the result of that is you will have the desire to do the will of God. And so my question to you today is, do you have the desire to do what pleases him? Is that you? Because when God is working, like, if God is working in you, like, you're going to be like, all I want to do is do his will. That's it. Like, like I just want I, I to know what God wants me to do, and I just want to do that thing, and there's nothing that's going to bring you greater joy. You want to please God in your finances. You want to please God in your marriage. You want to please God in how you spend your time. You want to please God in who you hang out with. All your whole life is based on wanting to do the will of God. So my question to you this morning is, is that you? Is that me? Because if it's not then it's likely that God is not really working in you. The other thing that the text tells us is that he will, give you, he will give you power, power to do his will. Like he'll give you the power. He'll give you the ability to do his will. And he's not talking about willpower. It's totally different. It's God power because willpower will only take us so far. Like, I can try to do the will of God. Like, I can, I can try to, you know, uh, not complain. I can try to not argue, and you might be able to power through some of that, but you won't stand the test of time. But the scripture tells us that he will give us not just, he will not just give us the desire, but he'll also give us the power and the ability to do his will. Um, so that's why I don't want to send you off today with just tips on how to complain less or how to argue less, but with a question. I want you to ask yourself this question. Is God currently working in your life right now. You see, the assumption Paul is making, again, is, is that before he talks about any of the changes, he's assuming, because he knows them, he's like, God is working in you. So this is something I've been praying about for a while, and I'm convinced that, like I was saying before, that for some of you, the work of God in your life is just evident. It's evident. You have the desire to do his will. He gives you the power to do his will. All you want to do is, is please God. Your whole life is just about finding out what God wants you to do. You aligning yourself to his will and then doing what he's called you to do. And there's nothing else that gives you more joy. That's some of you. I know that. But I also believe that there are some of you and, and perhaps many of you here that if you are honest with yourself, 
You believe in God. Yes, you do believe. You come to church. Yes, you come to church. You believe the Bible is true. You were baptized. Like all these things. But despite this, you must admit that God hasn't really been working in your life for a while. Okay? And when you think about times in the past, perhaps, you look back in your life, many, I don't know, you look back and there was a time in your life where you're like, man, God was so evident in my life, like everything that I, I, I lived in, and the scriptures like came alive and I would hear his voice and I would obey. And you look back at those times when your light was shining so bright. It just seems like a, like a distant memory to you. And I get it. I get it. Something happened. The light started to get dim. You got busy, bills, life, kids, you know, God, you know, maybe disappointed you, financial setback, like life just happened. Maybe you got divorced. Maybe someone took someone in your life and you're like, don't understand why God took this person and it just seems so random. And all that bright light seems to be a distant memory. So here's what I've been thinking about and I want to share this with you. Hopefully you... you God speaks to your heart right now. I believe God is rekindling the faith of some of you today. Like he's doing something. I'm talking to you right now, and he's confirming something in your heart. Like, man, I, I want to go back to those days. I want to go back to that. I want, I want my life to count. I want God to use me in a powerful way. And it's time to reopen your heart again. It's time to rededicate your life to God. It's, it's, it's time to put yourself out there one more time, to take a step of faith, to crank up that light again, and to invite God to start working in you again. I want us to think about this for a little bit before, before we close. I'm going to close with this. Last week, I, I preached at another church. It's the, it's the largest crowd I've ever preached before. It's almost 1,000 people. It was kind of overwhelming to preach there. And we had two people that, that preached at, a, at, the, at our church here when, when I was gone. Um, Rodolfo preached for Spanish, and then Johan preached for, for English. Can we give Johan a round of applause? He was here last Sunday. He was preaching on, on Jesus and Joseph. It was a, was a great, great message. But then Rodolfo, for a Spanish service, he preached, on, he preached on Moses, he preached on Paul, and he preached on Jonah in 30 minutes. And so it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. But, but the premise of his message was this. It was, when obedience gets hard... That was, that was what he was preaching on. When, what do we do when obedience gets, gets hard? And in our, our growth group that we had on Wednesday, my wife and I, we lead the Spanish growth group. And one of the questions that we asked in the, in the group uh, was, was, what do you do when obedience gets hard? And so we ended up with a challenge. And we're like, for, this, for the next seven days, we said this. Whatever God asks you to do, I want you to say yes to that. Now, of course, it has to go, like you can't go against scripture. Like whatever God tells you to do, you're going to go and you're going to do that thing. And so next week on Wednesday, we're going we're gonna to talk about how, about how that went. And so, so the reason why I bring that up is because the obvious following question after the message that I preached today is this, is how do I get God to start working in my life again? I want you to think about that. Because if that's what you want, that's the question. Like, how, how do I get God to start working in my life again? But, but that's a strange question because it assumes that God needs to do something more. 
It assumes that, that like it's on him. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I want God to start working in my life. So I'm going to wait for a little bit. And I'm going to like wait for God to do something so that he can start working in my life, in my life again. Like you're waiting for something to happen. But here's what I want to propose to you this morning. I want to propose to you this morning that the reason why God isn't working in you is because you stopped obeying God when it got hard. There's something that God was asking you to do. There was something that he allowed for you to go through and you stopped obeying. It got hard. It got hard. You see, what God does is is he's always calling you to something deeper, always. He's always calling you to take a next step. And those steps, they don't get easier necessarily. He takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. In fact, the only difference between, between you and I and like Jonah and Paul and all these big, you know, Bible figures that we look up to, there's nothing special about them. The only difference is they never stopped obeying. They just kept going. It's hard. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God no matter what. And so the answer to the question this morning is, do you want God to start working in your life? Start obeying again. It's not like God doesn't love you because you're not doing the things that he, but the whole thing is you're, you and I are missing out on what God has prepared for us to walk in because the only way to follow him is obeying him, even when it's hard. Do you want to rekindle the fire in your life? Do you want to crank up that light? You've got to step out of the boat. You know, Peter walking on water, stepping out of the boat. Man, what a, what a beautiful image. Because we all have our boat. We all have this thing that is so comfortable for us. Like, hey, the people that we know, the things that we do, like, that's our boat. And we navigate in that boat. And there's safety in that boat. But outside of the boat is the unknown. But that's where the magic happens. I don't want you, I don't want me to live our whole life and looking back and saying, man, I really just never stepped out of the boat. I never really did anything. Like I just kind of played it safe. So you played it safe, why? Because it's scary out there. I, I'm fearful of what God might do. I'm fearful of the, of the unknown. But let me ask you this. What do you fear the most? What do you fear the most? What do I fear the most? Stepping out in faith or coming to the end of your life and looking back and realizing that you never did it? What's scarier? I'm going to ask if we can close our eyes here for a minute. And uh, I really hope God is speaking to your heart today. And I know this is different for everybody. It's not the same for everyone. Everyone is going through something different and I know that every heart is going to receive this message differently, but I'm going to ask if you would, we could just close our eyes and bow our heads here for a couple of minutes. I'm going to read a scripture. I'm going to say a few things. This is a moment between you and God. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed under a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. You see, the reason why in California we don't see the stars so brightly is because of light pollution. And the reason why the sky was so beautiful in Samoa is precisely because it was so dark all around. I want you to think about this for a minute. 
You see, in this dark world, you and I have an opportunity, we have an invitation, and we have a responsibility given by God to us to shine like stars. This is why we're here. This is why we are in the world. That's the main reason why we're here, to shine the light of Christ. There's no greater joy than to shine your light at work, at school, and your neighbors, like at the gym, wherever you socialize, family, the different gatherings. But you need to allow for God to start working in you again. This cannot be just another religious chore. And so the calling this morning for all of us here is not just to, hey, stop complaining, stop arguing, be better, try harder. No, it's not that. That's not what this message is about. Because the bigger picture is this. It is allowing the almighty God to start working in your life again. It's time. Let's do this. Let's go for this. And I don't know what this means for you exactly. But here's what's going to happen. When he does start working in you again, or maybe for the first time, he's going to give you the desire and the power to do the will of God. And you will shine your light in this dark world. And there's no greater joy. We were created for this. We were made for this. Something's going to click. You're going to understand. It'll be like, oh, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? There's no better joy than to have God use you and shine his light through you. So here's what I want to do. Our eyes closed and heads bowed. If you need prayer, if you feel like God wants to work something in you and you're a little bit scared, but you know something's going on, and you want some confirmation, just raise your hand and put it right back down. I'm just going to pray for you real quick. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you back there too, everywhere. God bless you. Amen, amen. So Lord God, we, we come before you this, uh, this morning again, just thanking you for your word. Lord God, I know that you have called us to, to really connect with you, to hear your voice, to be obedient in everything that we do. And I, I recognize that some people here You've been working in their lives amazingly. I know I hear testimonies about this. But I pray for those who, who miss it. I pray for those who don't really feel that you're working in them. I pray, God, that, that, that you allow for them to walk into a new challenge, a step of faith, something that will rekindle their fire for you. I don't know what it is. It might be a phone call. It might be a step of faith. I don't know what it is, God. But I pray, God, that this will happen right now. People that raise their hand especially, Lord, that are taking this step. So we pray this, God, and we thank you for your love, and we thank you for your mercy, and we pray these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.